Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with best-selling author, speaker, and motivational coach, April Joy Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and single parent at 32. Through all of her trauma, she's gone from tragedy to triumph, and she'll help you do the same. Get empowered by taking a holistic approach. Now, here is your host, April Joy Ford. Welcome, I'm April Joy Ford, the voice of You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Let's say hello to all of our fans and listeners globally tuning in each and every week. Each listener is a life and each life does matter. Of course, we've got various states in the United States. We've got Turkey, United Kingdom, Cambodia is on the line, Italy, Korea, Morocco, Swindon, Czechoslovakia, Spain, Vietnam, Australia, Mexico, Philippines, India, France, and just to name a few, I know you guys are always tuning in each and every week to get insight on tools and truth to get empowered, so we appreciate your time with us today. We have an exciting episode this week, Good Boundaries Free You, and before I bring on my guests, make sure you guys go to myjoyagain.com to get your free downloadable ebook of You're Not Alone, Your Survival Guide to Life's Challenges, and to create that blueprint and to break through your barriers. So again, our episode today, Good Boundaries Free You. Your story is being shaped by what you say yes or no to. Choices set your boundaries. How do you build boundaries? How do you heal when your boundaries are violated? For seasoned listeners of our show, you guys have heard me talk on the Wonder Woman syndrome, and one of the syndrome is saying yes to everything. Saying yes to everything indicates that there's room for improvement on creating healthy boundaries so you are not drained, depleted, distressed, or even disappointed. And not having healthy boundaries spills over to your own self-care. And if you really want to dig deep today, could it be that some, some people's you know core foundation needs to be healed from a trauma that prevents these boundaries from forming? Some say yes to everything because subconsciously they want to be accepted, validated, and or understood. My guest today is Sari Gilman. She'll empower you on how to support your boundary compass, as she calls it, of saying yes or no and have less stress in our lives and be really in tune with our purpose. She is a licensed marriage and family family therapist for over 30 years, during which she's also an executive director for several nonprofits and taught leadership to managers as well as executives. She's also an author, a TEDx speaker, community leader, and creator founder of the Transform Your Boundaries Workshop. Welcome, Ms. Gilman. How are you? Great. It's great to be here, April. Thanks for having me on, and welcome to all the listeners that are tuned in. Yeah. Would you like to say hello to anybody out there globally? Do you have any fans or family out there, maybe in France or Denmark, Belgium, Japan? Oh, yes. Family all around the world. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) So for our listeners that haven't had the opportunity to talk about your, or to listen, I should say, about your TED topic on boundaries, let's start off with setting the stage on what are boundaries? 
So I like to keep everything really simple. And my definition of boundaries is just how we say yes and what we say no to. So it's just your yes and your no. It's like a collection of all your yeses and all your no's. Nothing more complicated than that. So we complicate things, right? <laughs> it's like yeah, you said, like the compass, but we just complicate. And they're like, oh, wait, that's too hard. I don't have those. Or I uh-huh. can't do that. Or I've never been good at that. And that's like a story that we tell ourselves when we hear the word boundaries. But when I say the word, well, it's really your yes and your no, well, everybody can kind of do that, right? We say mm-hmm. yes and no to stuff all day long. Mm-hmm. And why do you think it's so powerful? I mean, if it's just a simple yes or no decision, why do you think it's so powerful if it's so simple? Well, that's a great question. I think it's the foundation. I think what we say yes to and what we say no to is kind of the core foundation for us being able to move forward with anything in our lives. And so say you have a goal, like you want to change careers, or you want to get in shape, or you want to have less stress in your life, or you want to get healthier, whatever your goals are, the foundation to getting there is going to be how you deal with your yes and no. And so while all kinds of people are out there kind of working on all kinds of different things and teaching all kinds of different things, the truth is we can't really achieve anything until we get really clear on our relationship to what we're going to say yes to and what we're going to say no to. And so I think when you really dig down into this work and really mm-hmm. get serious about paying attention to it, it, it has a powerful, transformative um, impact on your life. So that's why I think it's really powerful because it's very transformative once you're really paying attention. Mm-hmm. Once you're paying attention, like you said, bringing that awareness. I mean, you spent a lot of great deal of your time and your career helping people, you know, figure out what these boundaries are from speaking on TED Talk to publishing your own book. You know, you've got thousands of views with your TED Talk on boundaries. Obviously, this is, um, you know, perking some ears with a lot of people out there. Why do you think so many people need help sorting this out? I, I think... I, I got to also be honest, there are days when I could use some help sorting it out, too. I think, I think <laughs> yeah. this is, I think our yes or no, our boundaries are something that we use all day, every day, for our whole lives, in every single relationship that we have. So this is kind of our, our, our way of getting through life, and we're using it all the time. And that's why I think it resonates with people, and why we need help sorting it out is... You know, once we sort of maybe start saying yes when we should have been saying no to one thing, we start kind of going down the slippery slope and we may end up with a couple of things that are off kilter. And it doesn't take very much for our whole life to kind of feel like we're completely out of balance. Um, Once we are saying yes where we should be saying no, and then we find ourselves, you know, maybe missing out on the, the life we really want to have, the yes that we really want to have. Because right. we cluttered mm-hmm. ourselves up with all the yeses that we got to say to other people, but we kind of often forget, what's my yes for me? What's my no for me? And 
once we kind of gain that back in our lives and we get really clear on that, it becomes easier to sort our decisions out because now we're coming from a place of really knowing that's my yes. Like, I'm on a yes for that, and that's my no. And until you really pay attention to that, you find yourself just kind of just saying yes because it's almost easier to say yes than it is to say no, right? Right. Right. And we've talked on this show with my other guests of this thing that we call the Wonder Woman Syndrome. And I'll just briefly um, bring that up to your attention since you're new to our show. Oh, you did. (laughs) Okay. So quickly for our new listeners, five syndromes that we call the Wonder Woman Syndrome is one, you say yes to everything and you don't know how to say no, because that goes back to what we're speaking of today, the topic of lacking boundaries and you lack boundaries possibly because you are looking for love or acceptance or to be understood. You're looking for connection and validation to prove your own worthiness and and self-worth. The second is you're not knowing how to ask for help. And that goes back to maybe lacking confidence, um, maybe due to some trauma, trauma that somebody is dealing with. And the third is overcompensating. Like you said, in certain areas of your life, you're saying yes to the things that aren't really important to who you are and your truth. And the fourth is compromising your own truth and values, which kind of coincides with overcompensating. And the fifth is being competitive, not only competitive with other people, but with your own self. So can you kind of resonate with that, with the workshops that you've um, facilitated? Yes. Well, in my work and in my book, I have identified seven patterns that um, some of what you're speaking to in that, um, that, and, and once we, and, and that we often set our boundaries kind of first by trying to figure out what everybody wants from us. And we fall into these sort of seven patterns or seven struggles. And a lot of it is based on wanting to be loved and wanting to please people and wanting to be liked and wanting to have relationships, but not really thinking about the cost of those things to us personally Mm -hmm. and seeing if this is really a good fit for us. And so I think that's where it really resonates with the list that you're describing, which I think is really helpful. Yeah, and I think, like you said, there is a cost to not having those healthy boundaries, the cost of overwhelm or the cost of stress, and it's costing you um, maybe setting uh, boundaries and priorities and really disciplining yourself. It comes with the cost of your time and your own health. Right. One of the questions that is in my book and is something that I really um, see people get a lot of um, traction from to move forward is once once you understand to start asking yourself the question of what will the consequences be for me if I say yes here or if I say no here. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's a sometimes good, people good. want to avoid mm-hmm. consequences altogether. Like they don't want somebody to be mad at them, right? But that's not the kind of consequence I'm talking about. I'm talking about what will the consequences be for you. For you personally, what's the price you're going to pay for that? Okay. By taking on too much or by saying no to things that really matter to you in your life and then suddenly you realize you've gotten a lot older and you haven't really lived the life you wanted? Wow, that's a good checkpoint to 
um, start off with. It's almost like a reality check. You know, what is it going to cost me or what's the consequence? Like you said, for you, not really um, focusing on the other person who's making the request. But doesn't it all go back? Do you think it goes back to maybe busyness is over glorified of of people, quote unquote, doing it all? Uh, uh, it is. <laughs> it's so over glorified. It's so oversold. And, you know, it took me personally a long time to wake up to that one. I mean, that really was me. I was, I was such a workaholic and over busy. And I think for me, I was trying to get my self-worth that way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting that, you know, you can do and do and do, and it doesn't, it doesn't really add up to very much until you stop and realize that you need to care for you. And, I, and now I understand that overworking and being over busy doesn't really take care of me at my deepest soul level. Like at my soul level, what takes care of me is slowing down and being calm and actually not feeling overwhelmed by too much to do. So that means I have to prioritize and do less. But I think technology has really um, placed this additional demand on all of us where we feel like we need to be responsive all the time. And Mm -hmm. I think it's added this layer of confusion to the busyness. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're so connected yet disconnected with the advancement in technology. I mean, your phone, you know, goes off with with the notification that somebody um, emailed you or sent you a Facebook message. You feel like you have that obligation to run to your phone and reply to them quickly and like you said right if you're a listener if you're listening we're not coming out of your little phone yeah yeah and I don't want our listeners to feel bad if they're still in this place because Miss Gilman and I are really sharing our conversation right now because we you know even myself we've had like she said we've had to learn and figure this out on our own and pay the price and knowing what the consequences are of being busy or not having those boundaries and priorities and discipline in place. So when we come back from a break, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what some of those consequences are when it comes into um, our own self-care. So more after these messages and don't go anywhere. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you experienced trauma or challenges in your life and are wondering what to do next? Get the clarity and direction you need to create the life you've always wanted. Awaken the courage and energy within you to discover who you're truly meant to be. Download the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, and get the survival guide to life's challenges at myjoyagain.com or text the keyword JOY to 38470. Create your blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoying life, and feel empowered at myjoyagain.com. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, 
television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. We are back, and my guest this week is Sari Gilman. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist for over 30 years. She released her own book, Transform Your Boundaries, and has spoken and facilitated workshops on boundaries. Make sure you check out her TED Talk on the topic that we're talking about today on setting good boundaries that free you. So, Sari, tell our audience what role does self-care play into all of this? Well, self-care is really the heart of how we stay connected to our boundaries. And it's, you know, it's, I'm not sure most people will be associating the idea of self-care and their boundaries, but that is really how we, how we keep aware and keep connected. And a lot of people think of self-care as sort of how they eat and and how much they exercise. And those are important parts of self-care, but that's not really it. At the deeper level of self-care, in addition to those things, there's ways that we take care of ourselves when we're around other people. And that's really where our boundaries come up. And it's around how we're saying yes and how we're saying no and how we're paying attention to what we need when we're around anybody or we're responding to other people. And very often we're, you know, responding to things and we're not really paying attention to, oh, what do I need in this? What would be good self-care for me right now? Does that mm-hmm. make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, I think it it goes maybe hand in hand into somebody's own personal value system because your value system would you know, it's like you said, your your compass is able to help direct your yes and no decisions. And if you're wavering in your truth and in your own values, I think that's where people kind of get stuck. Yeah, and these days, you know, self-care can mean stopping and eating lunch during the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Self-care can mean your example, what you said about, you know, not not checking your phone when you hear that ping because you're in the middle of a conversation maybe with your child or your partner, right? Right. You just know, we having that discipline. That, uh, what were you going to say? Oh, just having that discipline, you know, to, like you said, if you're engaged in that moment of having a conversation with somebody, just having the discipline to be in that moment and not be distracted. Right. And self-care, for me, self-care is, 
you know, making sure that I have an end point to every work day, that I'm not like letting my work kind of bleed over into hours and hours later and that I'm being careful with what I call my time off, that it's really off time. You know, because I'm a recovered workaholic, I've had to learn how to do that with my boundaries and I've had to practice that as part of my self-care. And I also have had to learn that um, taking care of me isn't a selfish act. Oh, no, it's actually responsibility. Like the last person that I would take care of on my list only if there was time. And now I start my day that way every day. I get up and the very first thing that I do is my self-care. Before I go into the day and take care of anybody else as a therapist or, you know, in my work in any way, doing workshops, the first thing I do before I get started is I do me for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. You have to. And don't you think it's imperative for um, certain professionals out there, like a therapist or a life coach, or if you're working in an environment in high trauma trauma areas and victims, I mean, don't you think they also need that constant reminder for their own self-care? Because I work with a lot of people who deal with trauma survivors and they're feeling drained and depleted because they they can't distinguish that line of shutting off from work. Yeah, and that that is because in trauma work, what we deal with is so important. Mm -hmm. And so because of the seriousness and the importance of what we are often listening to with another and being with it, it, because it kind of comes into our soul, and it's really, really hard to feel like stopping and taking care of ourselves feels important to do after listening to something so much, so so very significant. And we can often carry a lot of grief for our clients. So people that work in the areas of trauma actually have to work, I think, the hardest at self-care because it's a lot harder to kind of pull yourself back and remember that this is not your personal trauma, but mm-hmm. in the moment it can feel like you're sharing that trauma with somebody by listening and by what you're witnessing, and so you carry some of the grief. And so you're not just dealing with your own self-care, even when you peel away back into your own time, your own world, your own home, you're still carrying some of the grief and and the pain. Right. So you have right. to take care of that plus your self-care. Right. When, I mean, when what, I hear a yeah, very um, traumatizing story, and not, you know, even as a therapist, not every hour of my work is, is working on a traumatic story, but when I do work on a very traumatizing story that I find traumatizing, it takes me a few days to kind of recover back into my self-care. So... You know, I knit and I jog, and on those days when I'm carrying a lot of grief and pain from what I've witnessed, I go a lot slower. I'm not mm-hmm. out there jogging. I'm barely out there walking. I'm barely out there walking a half mile rather than maybe jogging five or six. I'm not able to um, move at that same pace. And I just have to be patient and give myself a little time to let that pain move through while still doing some self-care. And I think that people who work with people, anybody who works with people, nurses, teachers, doctors, 
um, people in human services, people who work in shelters. I think any of us who work with people, coaches, um, we our boundaries are taxed at a much higher rate than everybody else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Right? Right? Absolutely. And, and that's why we're, we're talking on, okay, how do we establish those healthy boundaries so that you yourself aren't traumatized by the trauma around you? I mean, it could be doing simple things, like you said, for you, what recharges and rebalances you could be knitting or jogging. For somebody else, it could be um, playing an instrument, whatever it is, but it's important to find whatever it is to recharge your, you yourself. Yeah, and um, listening to music and, um, you know, there's simple things. I like people to pick things that are just, like, right in their steps. I was working with um, uh, a group of healthcare workers that were dealing with a very traumatic incident. And, you know, I asked them each to go pick up a junk novel, one of those, like, high romance, fast, furious junk novels, <laughs> and just sit in the stairwell for five minutes open up that book and start reading. Mm-hmm. Just take a break. Take your head out of the game and get your head into something else. When you work with trauma, you have to keep bringing yourself back out of it. Right. And right. unfortunately, there isn't really a lot of support for what is the self-care. And I think that you're raising such an important issue, April, with you know being sure that your self-care is strong enough to do the trauma work because right. there's a lot of shame and embarrassment when we feel like we, the helpers, are kind of falling Asking down for our own self-care. Right, right. And I think we're, we're changing that paradigm shift now, you know, just with my involvement of coaching and mentoring and having my own workshops outside of the show on self-care. I mean, initially it started off with just me working with survivors of abuse and um, traffic victims, but then the staff were recognizing that they were benefiting from what I was teaching, um, some of the skills on holistic um, restoration principles and self-care, and they were sitting in, and now it it evolved into a a curriculum because it is beneficial. You yourself have to, you know, it's like giving from an empty well. You can't give from an empty well. That's right. And meditation is really helpful. You know, it's it's a lot of small acts, but I mm-hmm. I have to say there are so many times when I walk in a room with healthcare and human service providers who say to me, when we really get down into the work in the workshop and they get really honest, they say, What is self care? Well, Back, back up all the way, all the way back. What's self care? Okay, what does that look like? Right. What does that really mean? And I, I take that question as deeply profound. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because when when people hear things like um, some of the things on the list that maybe you do or I do, that may not resonate for them. And so, figuring out what your self care really is is a process. What really does take care of you? What really mm-hmm. does give you that lift, what really does feel soothing and nurturing. Really important to figure that out, but it, it, it doesn't come very easily for everybody. Right. 
Right. So let's go ahead and take our next commercial break. And when we come back, let's figure out, you know, once we establish these boundaries, are we really home free? I mean, what's next once we do figure out our boundaries and more with my guests after these messages? Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Do you help those in trauma? Use the four steps in the Breakthrough the Barriers program. This trauma-informed care training will equip you with the four major effects of trauma. Mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Learn how to get replenished, recharged, and rebalanced for your own self-care to be able to continue to help others in your care. Text the keyword TRAUMA to 38470. This could also help you qualify for your CEUs. That's keyword TRAUMA to 38470. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You were tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. And since we are talking about on good boundaries this week, set you free. Sari, tell our audience, I mean, is that pretty much it? I mean, once we figure out our boundaries, are we home free? Are are we good to go once we establish that? Um, I wish it was that easy. It is a great foundation for everything. So once we establish that connection back to ourselves on what is my yes, what is my no, and being clear and paying attention... You're going to get to use this all the time, everywhere that you are, in every relationship. And you're almost home free if you're doing your self-care and dealing with that, but you're also going to have to deal with some of the emotions that come up around this. So there are some pretty challenging feelings that we have to face as we accept our yes and our no. They may be feelings okay, give us an example. People, could what does be that look feelings like? that come up for ourselves. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, yeah. If you could give us an example on some of the things you'd be able to work with with your clients on, you know, what what emotions can they expect when they're filtering through their boundaries? Well, sometimes what can come up is a little bit of grief and sadness for having not done it before. Once you're sort of able to ride the bicycle, it's like, oh, why wasn't I riding this bicycle before? And it's not a lot of joy at that moment. It's often a lot of grief looking at past relationships and looking at experiences where you may have really suffered because you didn't know how to say, 
what your truth was, your real yes mm-hmm. and your real no. And so sometimes there's some of that to go through. And sometimes there's also dealing with other people's emotions around them getting maybe even angry at you that you're saying no to something that maybe you've said yes to for a whole lot of times. And oh, now you're mm-hmm. saying, oh, this is a no for me. And, and, and you're not angry about it. You're like at peace with that decision. But maybe somebody's coming at you now with a lot of anger that you have said, have said you know, I'm no longer able to do this. Mm-hmm. I will, I'll give you a personal example of my own. Um, I don't usually like to share client stories when I share, so I, I instead share my personal life stories. <laughs> um, so, um, I, you know, working for this nonprofit organization, I was working part-time running it, and um, I didn't have a job description in my job, but I was just doing everything because, remember, I was a workaholic. And the board president came to me and said, hey, we wrote a job description for you for what your job is. I said, okay, and I read the job description, and it was four pages long. Wow, wow. Now, when you work part-time and you're handed a four-page job description, you know there's something wrong here. (laughs) But what I realized was I wasn't mad at the person that gave me my actual job description. I looked at me, and I said, okay, you're done. I'm mm-hmm. That was part-time. for me. Would... It was a wake-up call. So I wow. looked at that and I said, oh, no, this is not my job description. But thank you for writing it all down. Like, now mm-hmm. I can see that. But this is a no for me. This is nuts. I can't do all of this. I may have been trying to do all of this. Maybe I was doing that Wonder Woman thing. <laughs> no, this is a no. And maybe that's what we should all do. That's what your listeners should do today. I'm going to give everybody homework right now. Write down your real-life job description. What is it that you are saying yes to? And call it your job description. I don't care if it's saying yes to everything your kids are asking for or if it's Mm -hmm. saying yes to what your parents need all the time or if your phone is on all night long and you're taking calls in the middle of the night. Whatever it is that you're saying yes to, I want you to call it your job description and I want you to write it all down, and you can see how long that job description is. And maybe wow, it'll be it your be pages, call. It like was mine. Wow. And I, I encourage our listeners to really do that exercise on writing your quote-unquote job description or life description and really keep in mind what the real Wonder Woman would do. The real Wonder Woman would know her boundaries and priorities and discipline and value her own self-worth to be able to establish um, those boundaries and really think about her self-care first before she worries about pleasing and and caring and nurturing for other people first. Yes, I realized um, my twins, when they were growing up, I I found myself as as a mom kind of running around doing everybody in the family's errands all the time. I don't know if you have felt like that, but... I just felt like there was always this long list of stuff I had to do and get, and Mm -hmm. the list never seemed to end. And one (laughs) day, I said to my kids, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays are no list days. So that means Mommy will do all the list stuff, whatever we need to get done on Mondays and Wednesdays, but Mommy needs a break from doing the list 
all the time. I can't do a list every day running around town picking up errands. And I just created no list days, and it was so freeing. On the other days, I could sit and read with the kids. We could go out for a walk or a bike ride. And I didn't have to think about all the stuff I had to go get. Yeah, and I mean, it's not only freeing and liberating for you, but also it could, you know, it could be a life skill lesson for them on teaching them responsibility. Because I had a parent that actually came to me and both their sons are in, I think one's like a junior in high school, the other's a senior, and they were still getting school supplies, you know, for they can drive themselves to go to the store to buy the school supplies. And they were just kind of wondering, why are we still doing this? You're not in kindergarten anymore. You can go get your own supplies. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect because it's just darn inconvenient. And so, you know, mommy does it for you. Yeah. 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 So, That's so let me ask, yeah, going back to your other topic, when you said when emotions come up, when you're, you know, filtering through your foundation of boundaries, it could be maybe somebody else could be angry with you because you're now establishing mm-hmm. a new no. What are what's some of your advice to manage those expectations for those people? Well, first of all, it's anticipate that they're gonna get upset. So usually that's pretty predictable. And you should be able to know, okay, this person's probably going to get angry when I say this. And so what I like to say is, I know you're going to be angry when I tell you this. And then I go ahead and I set my boundary. But I'm not able to do this anymore. So I actually anticipate the feeling and I say it. And that way, I don't have to be nervous that they're going to get angry. I've already said, hey, you're probably going to get angry. And that frees me up because then they may say, well, no, actually, I'm not that angry. Or they may own it and go, yeah, I'm angry. And I say, yeah, I kind of thought so. But I'm no longer kind of nervous that that's going to happen because I've anticipated it, I've planned for it, and I've put it right out there on the table. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to be angry that I'm not going to do your laundry anymore because I think you can handle that yourself. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you're going to be angry that I'm not going to go wait in line and, you know, get all the school supplies. (laughs) Whatever it is that you're scared to set your limit on um, and that you're nervous about the response that you're going to get, it's okay to kind of just put it out there and just say, hey, I I know this is coming. It could be coming. You might be feeling this way. And then I'm not nervous anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more on maybe a few more real-life examples of boundary work that we need to implement, you know, just in our everyday life situations. Well, you know, just on that um, previous question that we were talking about around anticipating people's Mm -hmm. feelings, a thing I like to, to offer your listeners is let people take care of their own feelings. I really believe that everybody can handle their own feelings. So if somebody is angry, I let them take care of their feelings. I don't try to take care of somebody else's anger. Mm. And so a really helpful boundary is to let people care for themselves emotionally. And whatever emotions come up for anybody else around you, let other people take care of it. Don't 
try to be the person that takes care of everybody's feelings, you're not going to be able to do that. So that's a really important boundary lesson. Another boundary lesson for everybody is to remember that this is lifelong work. There's no such place as getting to the place where you've got all your boundaries in place and you're done. Yeah. Take your eye off of this. And the borders are off. <laughs> right? You're going to be in trouble because more are going to come right at you like you're just going to sprout out like weeds. These, these questions come up all the time, so you have to be paying attention. And actually, when I, I, I set my boundary alerts, I call them. Whenever I'm interacting with other people, doesn't matter. I could be walking into the bank. I could be standing in the supermarket. I could be dealing with, you know, clients, whatever I'm dealing with, coworkers. I always set my boundary alerts. If I'm going to interact with another person, I turn my boundary attention on. Turn it on. Okay, I'm expecting a boundary question can come from anywhere at any time, and I need to be ready. I could be at the gym. I could be anywhere. If I'm around other people, a boundary is going to come up. So I want you to prepare for that and be ready. And how that helps me is that as soon as issues come up, I'm, I'm ready because I'm expecting there to be some maybe boundary conflict or a boundary issue or a place where I need to clarify and say, oh, excuse me, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. And I like that little and- alert system you've implemented for you as a constant reminder for me my reminder I just ask myself boundary or burnout like when somebody's asking me a request (laughs) I'm subconsciously asking myself boundaries or burnout boundaries or burnout (laughs) oh that could be your new bumper sticker April that's (laughs) fabulous (laughs) well it's like you have to ask yourself before you're willing to just jump in and just say, oh, yeah, I could do that. Oh, yes. Okay, let's go. And the next thing you know, you're getting burned out. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what did, what did I just commit to? <laughs> right? I call those, oh, I call those the do-overs. <laughs> when, I, when I hear that voice in my head that says, what did I just say yes to? That becomes my homework. I have to go back and get myself off of that. Because as soon as that little voice in my head comes up and says, uh-oh, that, that, you shouldn't have said yes to that, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, now I have a promise to myself. And that promise is I go back and I say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I made a commitment that is really more than I can do right now. It's embarrassing and I'm sorry. But I and don't you think people would appreciate that more than not being able to fulfill your commitment or even come back with a commitment and it wasn't fully 100% of what you were able to put in? Oh, no, no, no. I don't have that problem. It would have been 2,000% of what I put in. It just would have exhausted me and nobody would have known what happened to me as a result. Oh, mm mm-hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I wish it would be that I could have said yes and then did like a kind of partial job. That would have been great. <laughs> no, I have to do it 110%. So that means I'll be up all night doing it. I will do it and do it. I'll give up my weekend. I will make it happen no matter what. You, I will please you. I will be sure that you got the best delivery, but I will fall apart when I'm done. You'll pay the price. And, right. And nobody will know 
what what price I paid for that. Now, so, for you personally, did did a burnout happen? Did something catastrophic happen for you to realize your your boundaries and your parameters? I think I've had a couple of big wake up moments. I did. Besides that four page description, I did. I mean, that's, that's um, pretty shocking. And and I think that. Um, that I still like to pay attention to, am I doing enough self-care? So, you know, I, I think the, the short answer to your question is, boy, did I have a wake-up call. <laughs> I was running um, a homeless teen shelter that I had started. And try to picture this. When I started it, I was just shy of 30 years old. So I knew very little about running a shelter. I knew nothing, actually. And I had just had twin babies, my first children. So just all of that, um, and I I did that pace for 10 years. And then I had my wake-up and realized I was just working way too hard and carrying way too much responsibility, and I really needed to rethink what, you know, was was I actually doing what my purpose was. Mm-hmm. And um, and I realized that other people could run the shelter. That 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 was my purpose ten years earlier, but now it was up and running, and it's still running. It's now twenty five years, celebrating its twenty fifth year anniversary. So it's a good, strong, solid organization. Um, but I had to get me strong and solid when I was done, and I really had to heal and recover from seeing a lot of child abuse. It really, it, it was very overwhelming to me to see so much child abuse on top of my own childhood story. Um, and I realized that I needed to step back. Wow, that, that was a wake-up call. I mean, I could just only picture, I mean, newborns, not only with one baby, but twins. And right. starting up that an organization. That right there. <laughs> yeah, that by itself. <laughs> right? That, well. that could have been like... All right, let's go ahead and take our last break. And when we come back, I want to talk about your app. I think you have an app coming out this fall. So we will share with our audience with your upcoming book and your app. So meet us back after these messages. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Have you experienced trauma or challenges in your life and are wondering what to do next? Get the clarity and direction you need to create the life you've always wanted. Awaken the courage and energy within you to discover who you're truly meant to be. Download the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, and get the survival guide to life's challenges at myjoyagain.com or text the keyword JOY to 38470. Create your blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoying life, and feel empowered at myjoyagain.com. Most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. 
There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are, or if you even have no faith, you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. In our last segment today, in today's show, I wanted Sari to share a little bit more on what's on the horizon for her. I believe that she has an app coming out this fall. It's a follow-on with her book of Transform Your Boundaries, and she's got a new upcoming book um, coming out next year. So, Sari, tell our audience a little bit about what's on the horizon for you in our last five minutes of the segment today. Well, this all, you'll be able to find the Transform Your Boundaries app and be able to download it onto your phones, and it'll be free. And um, the Boundary app is going to just help you with all the things that you and I, April, have been talking about through the whole show, which mm-hmm. is help you build your self-care, help you clarify what's a yes and what's a no for you, help you decide sort of where you need these the most and build your own strategy, and deal with some of the really common things that make setting boundaries difficult. And so I call them like boundary true lessons. And so there's like 30 lessons on the app, and then you'll be able to add your own lessons to them and your own life lessons, and you'll be able to write in your own goals and keep track of them. And then if you feel so inspired or moved and you have like a boundary life lesson that you think other people could really benefit from, you can share it with us and we can get it on to everybody who has the app. So it's going to be oh, like cool. a social feature, really fun, and also a way for you to really strengthen your connection to your own boundaries. Um, so that'll be coming out this fall. I'm really excited about that for people, and I think it's just going to be another great tool to keep keep reminding you and keep you connected to you. Okay. Um, so you said this the, fall. I mean, does it have the, the feature the kind of bring as a follow up to the Transform Your Boundaries book, and that book is going to be about dealing with overwhelm. Oh, okay. But before you deal with overwhelm, you may as well read the Transform Your Boundaries book. It's a real thin book, but I have to tell you, every chapter is packed with homework assignments for you to dig out your own boundaries so that by the time you're done, you may have spent a year on this skinny little book doing all the homework. All the homework. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which would prepare you for the upcoming book on overwhelm, you said, in the spring for next year? 
Yes. Okay. Now with this app, I mean, I, I'm going to make sure I put an alert on my phone to look out for it in the fall. Does it have the boundary alert feature? <laughs> like you said, you have your own boundary alert. Does it have that feature? <laughs> yes. You're going to be able to ping yourself however you want and remind yourself. Somebody said, can it just jump up and say no? <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <laughs> No, but it'll be like your own self-coaching in it. Um, and, you know, people can use it in a lot of different ways since you're going to have this feature of being able to write in your own boundaries, the ones that you need the most, and you can keep adding to that as you go. So um, it's, it should be really helpful. And I will also make a note here, April, to make sure that you know when it's available so you can remind your listener. So yeah, I it on their phone. Okay. And one last thought before we close out. What would you say to somebody who is listening right now that, you know, respectfully so that they are busy, they're overwhelmed, maybe they're a single parent. Um, if they have work that they've got to care for, they've got their family, their, their spouses, what if they just can't afford to reach out for help? What would be your advice? Start with small, doable steps, baby steps. Mm-hmm. Break this down and find 15 minutes in the day to begin to do something for you that is just for you. It could be reading that trashy novel that you like. It could be sitting outside on the back porch and looking at the moon and just breathing. It might be taking out a journal and just getting in touch with your own feelings. But just begin with 15 minutes a day. Start with small, doable steps. Absolutely. I agree. I don't have any boundaries. I can't even begin this work. Then I really want you to get my book Mm -hmm. because that book will dig you out of that thinking in a very simple, clear way. Yeah. And I like the baby steps. I mean, obviously, if you're struggling with um, establishing boundaries, you need to start small and build incremental progress with that. But I think people just need to hear and know that, you know, for most people, they're willing, able and will make themselves available if you just ask for help. You know, some people don't know that you need help until you ask for help and also respect their boundaries. You know, you don't want to overdo it calling every hour for a favor because they have boundaries um, too, uh, whether they have their own careers or families and whatnot. But I think one of the main things is knowing how to ask for help. Yes. And to have, to build a small network of support around you that, Mm -hmm. that feels like that people can help you in simple ways and that you're keeping it simple so that it's doable, and that you're able to offer something. And okay, you and to build a little circle of that, like, you know, two other moms that you can join forces with, or two other family members that would like to be involved in your life. Yeah. And they feel lonely. Mm-hmm. You are not alone. So, Sari, tell our listeners in closing, sorry, I apologize. I know our audience is out there probably taking notes, but where can they go for um, your website to look for the alerts on when this app is going to be ready in your upcoming book? Yes. So, it's 
Ari Gilman, S-A-R-R-I-G-I-L-M-A-N.com or transformyourboundaries.com. Either one will take you there. And you can just sign up to join on my e-list and you'll get the alert early. You'll know when everything is coming. You can watch the TED Talk there. The link to buy the book is there on Amazon. Um, Anything that I'm involved in is going to show up on that website. And you can also reach me if you have a question. Alrighty, everybody. I'm April Joy Ford here on Voice America with You Are Not Alone. I share my story and the show so others can share their stories and have their glory so others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith and I give my love and light so others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. We appreciate you joining us this week, for you are not alone. Each listener is a life, and each life matters. Please tune in for another edition with host April Joy Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.